0: We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy.
1: Ireland, The great and powerful Oz knows why you have come.
2: You've got to say, I'm a human being! God damn it!
3: My life has value! You have meddled with the primal forces of
0: nature! Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts! (laughs)
1: now reality
2: with jason Burmes. and who loves you
1: and who do you love
0: a time comes when silence is betrayal that time has come for us in relation to vietnam the truth of these words is beyond doubt But the mission to which they call us is a most difficult one. Even when pressed by the demands of inner truth, men do not easily assume the task of opposing their government's policy, especially in time of war. Nor does the human spirit move without great difficulty against all the apathy of conformist thought within one's own bosom and in the surrounding world. Moreover, when the issues at hand seem as perplexing as they often do, in the case of this dreadful conflict, we are always on the verge of being mesmerized by uncertainty but we must move on. Some of us who have already begun to break the silence of the night have found that the calling to speak is often a vocation of agony, but we must speak. We must speak with all the humility that is appropriate to our limited vision, but we must speak. And we must rejoice as well Surely this is the first time in our nation's history that a significant number of its religious leaders have chosen to move beyond the prophesying of smooth patriotism to the high grounds of a firm dissent based upon the mandates of conscience and the reading of history. Perhaps a new spirit is rising among us. If it is, let us trace its movements and pray that our own inner being may be sensitive to its guidance. For we are deeply in need of a new way beyond the darkness that seems so close around us. Over the past two years, as I have moved to break the betrayal of my own silences and to speak from the burnings of my own heart, As I have called for radical departures from the destruction of Vietnam, many persons have questioned me about the wisdom of my path. At the heart of their concerns, this query has often loomed large and loud. Why are you speaking about the war, Dr. King? Why are you joining the voices of dissent? Peace and civil rights don't mix, they say. Aren't you hurting the cause of your people, they ask. And when I hear them, though I often understand the source of their concern, I'm nevertheless greatly saddened for such questions mean that the inquirers have not really known me, my commitment or my calling. Indeed, their questions suggest that they do not know the world in which they live. In the light of such tragic misunderstanding, I deem it of signal importance to try to state clearly, and I trust concisely, why I believe that the path from Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, the church in Montgomery, Alabama, where I began my pastorate, leads clearly to this sanctuary tonight. I come to this platform tonight to make a passionate plea to my beloved nation. This speech is not addressed to Hanoi or to the National Liberation Front. It is not addressed to China or to Russia, nor is it an attempt to overlook the ambiguity of the total situation and the need for a collective solution to the tragedy of Vietnam. Neither is it an attempt to make North Vietnam or the National Liberation Front paragons of virtue, nor to overlook the role they must play in the successful resolution of the problem. While they both may have justifiable reasons to be suspicious of the good faith of the United States, life and history give eloquent testimony to the fact conflicts are never resolved without trustful give and take on both sides. Tonight, however, I wish not to speak with Hanoi and the National Liberation Front, but rather to my fellow Americans. That is, at the outset of their obvious and almost facile connection between the war in Vietnam and the struggle I and others have been waging in America. A few years ago, there was a shining moment in that struggle. It seemed as if there was a real promise of hope for the poor, both black and white, through the poverty program. There were experiments, hopes, new beginnings. Then came the build-up in Vietnam, and I watched this program broken and eviscerated. As if it were some idle political plaything of a society gone mad on war, and I knew that America would never invest the necessary funds or energies in rehabilitation of its poor so long as adventures like Vietnam continued to draw men and skills and money like some demonic destructive suction tube. So I was increasingly compelled to see the war as an enemy of the poor and to attack it as such. Perhaps a more tragic recognition of reality took place when it became clear to me that the war was doing far more than devastating the hopes of the poor at home. It was sending their sons and their brothers and their husbands to fight and to die in extraordinarily high proportions relative to the rest of the population. We were taking the black young men who had been crippled by our society and sending them 8,000 miles away to guarantee liberties in Southeast Asia, which they had not found in Southwest Georgia and East Harlem. And so we have been repeatedly faced with the cruel irony of watching Negro and white boys on TV screens as they kill and die together for a nation that has been unable to seat them together in the same schools. And so we watched them in brutal solidarity, burning the huts of a poor village But we realized that they would hardly live on the same block in Chicago. I could not be silent in the face of such cruel manipulation of the poor.
3: What a speech uh, for more than likely one of the last great orators of, I believe, um, Peace for Humanity all around. I... I have longed in my generation uh, for someone with the um, esteem and demeanor of someone like Martin Luther King Jr. And that's why the JFK assassination is the tip of the iceberg. Really, when you look at what happened with this nation, and its intelligence apparatus, and its assets, and its narration control. Back then, if you were able to somehow hit the cultural zeitgeist and be a part of a movement the media couldn't ignore, at some point, they'll kill you. They'll kill you. They won't just kill your character. They won't just deplatform you. It was another era. They'll kill you, okay? And uh, if you looked at the thumbnail right here, this is the FBI letter to Martin Luther King Jr. uh, telling him to kill himself, saying, look, you're a man of low character, kill yourself. Now, look, there's a lot of allegations out there. Apparently, there are sex tapes of King um, by the FBI with other women, all that's very possible. All's I know is in the public arena, this is a man who just, if you listen to that, and, and I want you to think about it, how relevant is that today? How relevant is it today? I'd say it's pretty damn relevant. We're still fighting wars that are unjust in other countries around the world, We're still sacrificing our poor, black, white, brown, everything in between, in in mass, all right? And we don't talk about it. And really, we are devastating the poor in third world nations now in a two decade long war of terror. No one wants to talk about that either. If they don't speak English, who cares? I care. You should care. I don't look so much different than somebody's in somebody in the Middle East and and guess what, a lot of you guys don't either. Okay? And even if you do, what are you thinking? Again, I played this instead of the, you know, a lot of people today if they do play a speech by Martin Luther King Jr. or they reference it, you're gonna have the what? You're gonna have the speech, I have a dream. Great speech, great, great speech. But a lot of us out there, you know, incorporating the title and kind of incorporating the thumbnail have false memories and your dreams are distorted. Carlin said it best, all right, you know, It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. And I don't want to get too far away from Martin Luther King Jr. right now, but obviously the corruption of the Justice Department, the Injustice Department, and the FBI is front and center, especially in the conservative or alt media. It's not new. Well, again, it's a dream within a dream to ignore Programs like Cointel Pro. all right? And the things that happened to King and Malcolm X, and the things that happened to Robert Kennedy after what? John Kennedy. When I'm saying the things, I'm talking about blowing your head off. That's what I'm talking about. After massive campaigns against them. And look, one of the interesting things I think about all this, right? When you think of political figures that have been able to change culture, there really is nobody else after Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. When you're talking just about people on a human level, what do I mean by that? Silence is betrayal. There comes a time when silence is betrayal on everything. That speech is amazing. He talks about his own inner demons and basically his betrayals against human beings for not speaking about certain subject matter. Big deal. It's a big deal. You understand? Like that's, that's acknowledging, hey, I'm a human being. I've done this too. Let's stop doing this. Okay? And he's talking about the fact that there's so much conformity out there, especially in times of war. You know, I, I could pull it up on my phone right now. I don't know that I will. Maybe I'll show it in a future broadcast. Maybe we'll put it on mixed martial mindset tonight. Uh, but I was out yesterday, out and about, went across the river in the Quad Cities, went from Iowa to Illinois. Now, I'm not saying that this doesn't happen in Iowa either. I'll, I'll never forget uh, just going up and taking a right and on the corner of a, a pretty busy, busy intersection, okay? You had a multitude of people with the yellow and the blue and f- flying flags for Ukraine and all this stuff. Just think of these, these people have no idea what they're doing. You're encouraging a hot war now with Russia, no longer a proxy war. And even in the beginning, it wasn't really a proxy war because all our technology was there. We clearly had intelligence officers on the ground, past the border, directing the vast majority, if not all, of the operations. Let's grow up. Okay? That stuff's becoming mainstream news now. But yesterday, guy in front of me, you know, old-timer, big beard, didn't get a great look at his face, but easily 50s, 60s. He's got the American flag flying out one side of his uh, four-wheel drive ukraine flag on the other and i'm like damn man just just by doing that you're encouraging people who live in that country and who live in the other country to continually kill each other you're not helping i'm sorry you're not helping and that needs to be said ignorance is not bliss see That's the deal. A lot of people say, Jason, wouldn't you rather just not know this stuff, just kind of live your life, do your thing, blah, blah. No, no, that's not good for society. When you do that, when you acquiesce to that type of evil, okay, more evil occurs. And if it's not already touching you, it's coming to touch you. And don't tell me, that a lot of you haven't felt that touch over the past several years. It may not be as brazen as what you see when you look at the type of conflict and warfare via Ukraine, Russia, okay? But most of us just don't believe that could ever happen here on any level. I'm gonna have you know a few stories mainstream today that might change your mind because warfare is changing. And the bottom line is, I don't believe that the NSA or the CIA or the FBI have you and my, what, best interests at heart. In in fact, right now what I see is a limited hangout, media-run operation to get ready to remove Joe Biden from office in a manner that doesn't uh, doesn't make the establishment admit that he's a dementia-ridden old man that hasn't run anything, okay? And on top of that...
1: I'm
3: hearing you on the other end, just to let you know, producer. Um, so I'm not sure if that's going through. Uh, guys, that's, that is what that is. I know that might be going through on the one feed. So you have that going on. And on top of all that... You basically
1: are going to be able to get rid
3: of him, and you're going to get rid of him without, without admitting like he's a criminal. Like somehow, oh, it was a mistake. I think this it, this whole thing is an operation, all right, period. The whole thing is an op. So they realize that this guy, I mean, Joe. who knows what Joe Biden's thinking? I don't know what he thinks when he wakes up in the morning. He might think he's king of the world. He might think he's polyprissy pants. I don't know. I don't know, like, when he wakes up, where he is, what he's thinking about. What I can tell you is they don't let him anywhere near run of the country, period. That's not a thing. He's not running the country, okay? I I don't believe that he's up eight consecutive hours in a day, let alone, like, if you're the president of the United States, Okay. Like 10 to, to 14 hours a day, you're working hard. The vast majority of the time, 10 to 14, your your schedule, go look at old presidential schedules. You know, for the old men, I mean, they're, they're doing it. Do you really believe that's what Biden's, he's not able to do that. He's got to take a nap all the time. He doesn't know where he is. They can't admit that. They can't admit to all the crimes and corruption over the pl- past multitude of decades, they can't admit that either. It's, it's a no bueno for them. You understand? So, <laughs> are you guys sitting there listening to that butterscotch? Yeah, they can't admit it. So that's it. That they've they've decided he's talking about running again. Uh, old doc, I'm sure this guy has all sorts of old criminal documents, by the way. That that's for sure that That's my guess. So uh, you know, I, I'm gonna say he's got two to six months in office max at this point, and they're gonna get rid of him. That's next. okay that's that's the next deal. So we don't even have, you know we talk about, for instance, he he's talking about the rights and freedoms that they don't have in um, certain parts of this country that you're trying to bring to Vietnam. Okay, it's kind of where we're at here. I mean, do we have free and fair elections? Do we have one person, one vote? No, we have a system of command and control that wants to bring in a tyrannical biometric slave state onto an automated transhumanist future. I wish it weren't that uh, way. All under the guise of sustainability and that we're evil as human beings. And this is this is the thing. talked about this for a very long time okay the new civil rights movement in my eyes okay the new one the one that went well beyond race immediately happened after 9-11 immediately whether i realized it or not i didn't realize it until i realized that the story that i was given that a bunch of islamic Muslims that hated our freedoms, they hated our freedoms. If don't like you just get out, right? So, <laughs> drives me nuts, guys. So these people that hate our freedoms, okay, did this bad thing. But then you find out, wait a minute, it's not people that hate our freedoms. And everybody in that building was a target. And you want to talk about a melting pot in the United States, New York City, love it or loathe it. That's what it is. And and I'm sorry, that building was filled with everybody. Everybody, whites, Asians, Hispanics, blacks, you name it, everybody, women, children, everybody. And if everybody, are targets like that, then everybody's a target. And when you don't have accountability for people that will commit mass murder and genocide with the most adept and advanced tools of warfare in charge, you're in a very bad situation, especially when those people have openly discussed that there are too many people on the planet, that the ecosystem is crashing due to this, that climate change is happening, that our standards of living are too high, that robots are coming like it or not, that we need to lock down for emergencies and perhaps climate emergencies, all this is in our face now. And it kind of takes me, by the way, uh, if you haven't seen Invisible Empire, a new world order to find, um, I just want to say that uh, that among all my films are free. if you're if you're a new viewer, if you're just coming over from uh, perhaps that latest uh, roundtable that I did with Whitney Webb, James Corbett, The Last American Vagabond, and uh, Derek Bros, thank you so much for putting that on a uh, great panel, only about an hour, probably could have gone for two hours easily. If if you're coming over, you haven't seen my work, you don't know what it's all about. Invisible Empire, a new world order, order to find. It's a great transition for what I wanted to talk about today. Okay, that's my film where I took all this research because after 9-11 is a gut punch, okay? It's a gut punch. It's just like, ooh, you don't want that. Ooh, ooh, ooh this is the civil rights movement for everybody. There is a movement, an ideal set, a powerful group of people behind the scenes that are generational and have used nepotism and manipulation to run most of the show. It's like competing gangster factions. Okay. You find that out. And their tagline for this again and again has been the new world order. Now, I hated that term. When I first started looking at 9/11, I really I disliked it. I didn't I, I, I didn't want to use it. I I preferred the term global elite. You hear that a lot. The elites. Yes, the elites, the global elite. Okay? And I used that for a time. But you know, as I did more and more research i could not fool myself and i could not lie to myself i could not betray myself okay and i realized that in this case silence was betrayal and i needed to try to show the world that the new world order isn't you know this this one group of dun 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 it's not the stone cutters right it's not it's not like a simpsons caricature it's the writings and practices of men and groups over time. Sometimes it's referencing the current order of the world, but at the end of the day, it is about collectivism and globalism and central command and control. And Invisible Empire a New World Order Defined uh, has Parts on the House Assassination Committee shows the dirty dealings of the uh, deep state, the military industrial complex from within. If you want to know what the deep state really is, I don't think that it gets much better than having somebody like Peter Dale Scott, who coined the term deep state and talks about deep events and deep politics in the film from 2010. Now, 13 years old, that thing's going to be 20 before I know it. 20 before I know. And if these people get their way, um, who knows if you'll get to see it? Who knows if you'll actually have access to it through the narrative control and the ministry of truth. And and really, you know, so much of that is archived footage. And, uh, you know, I, I have a little snippet of MLK, JFK, RFK in there, just a really important film, one I'm seriously proud of. I think overall, shade the motion picture is still my best. Uh, It's more compact and palatable, and it's just shot better. You don't have to hear my annoying voice throughout the whole thing, Uh, but I'm very proud of Invisible Empire, and the the term New World Order has kind of been replaced now by the Great Reset, okay, and it's almost like a rebranding of the same global idea set, and quote, unquote, sustainability goals that have really been now discussed for generations. And if you watch Truthstream Media's king of the world, all right, Truthstream Media, top of the line, I would say on top of king of the world, you're going to want to check out The Minds of Men, great documentary series uh, out there uh, by Truthstream Media. It's, It's The Minds of Men, almost four hours. When I say documentary series, they've made a multitude of, of not only videos, shorts. Many of the videos are a little longer, but also documentaries straight up. They're, they're incredible filmmakers. And the king of the world lets you understand this, this mindset of not only we deserve to rule, you know, rule by bloodline. That's embedded in, in some of these families. You realize, I mean, still today, Saudi royal family, or being, it's, it's embedded in them. That generationally, they have been chosen to rule. And because they rule, they deserve to rule. And and the rest of us, believe it, are the peasant and serf class. This is the predator class. And and very few are able to socially climb to get into that predator class. There are some. It's tough. I mean, you got to be ruthless. You know, like, like Carlin says, it's a big club. And you and I are not in it. So now there's a rebrand of the New World Order into the Great Reset. And really, it's just repackaged. It's the same thing, repackaged. It's repackaged globalism all day, every day. That's it. And when I made Invisible Empire, I came in at this viewpoint. When I was a kid, I'd go to church. A lot of churches, and one of the running themes in any church, and even as a child, you'll remember this if if you went, of the rapture times and revelations and the apocalypse, the end times, always a big thing, right? You gotta save your soul. You gotta fight the devil. And the mark of the beast is something that's talked about again and again and again. And this idea of globalism and a one world order is talked about again and again and again. And of course, I'm I'm gonna say this, I don't speak or read Aramaic. I know there are a multitude of different Bibles out there. I don't know necessarily what to believe, but as a kid, I did read revelations a lot. And along with all these things from a mark within your hand or your head to buy or sell comes the new world order, right? The global government they talk about in this thing. And I dismissed it all. I dismissed it all. I dismissed the idea of Satanism being anything uh, but something that was pushed to be taboo in culture and rock and roll. And really, uh, those that graf- gravitated toward it actually, like in school, were the kids that weren't popular and wanted to wear eye makeup and didn't have a girlfriend. I never imagined that there are occultic, pagan, and even darker clubs that go back centuries, right? Certainly didn't understand that even as a plaything, uh, you know, with what you could call their fraternal orders or large-scale clubs. You had um, occultic symbolism like the owl at Bohemian Grove or skull and bones with you. I had no idea. And I see those people in particular acting like they're men of the Lord and then promoting this idea of a new world order. George H.W. Bush, obviously, in particular. But if you see my film, Bill Clinton, okay, um, John Kerry, uh, I mean, uh, Tony Blair, Eric Schmidt's in there, so many people using that terminology, M- Madeline Albright, Brent Scowcroft, and there has to also be an acknowledgement that this is extremely old, and you know, one of the things I highlight in, in the film is a book called the new world order by Samuel Zane Batten. All right, now, now a century old. And it clearly describes a collectivist type society. Okay. The good of the many for the sacrifice of the few. And here's the thing. Once you buy into that ideal set, nobody is safe. Nobody is safe. As as the soon as the system deems you vulnerable replaceable unfit all right or you start to oppose it that's it you're not going along with the song and dance see you later see you later alligator out of here period so we got a lot coming up in the show today Um, I actually have an interview with uh, Clay Clark in the second hour. We're going to be talking about the upcoming uh, event that I'll be speaking at this weekend. I'm speaking, I believe it's Saturday night at 7.45 p.m. That's the latest I've ever spoke at one of these things. Um, So I'm going to be giving my presentation on Elon Musk and transhumanism, Uh, probably going as hard on the muskernuts as I possibly can, Uh, bringing the thunder, bringing the pain on that, because you got it. Like, it's getting out of control. Like, too many people are are buying into this guy in the Twitter files. You know what I was thinking about today on this? And by the way, that's in Nashville, Tennessee. But you'll hear all about it. had a really good conversation with Clay. That's going to be in the second hour. That's over at redvoicemedia.com slash Jason or uh, redvoicemedia.com slash Uncensored. Or if you just want to listen to it, which is A-OK with me, you can uh, head over to the infowarrior.podbean.com. And over there, it's also going to be streaming live and free. I want to remind everybody that every day we do one of these broadcasts, even though the first hour is free and the second hour is premium, we also release a second hour from two weeks ago where you can see the whole thing for free anyway. So really consider supporting us. It's $10 a month or $100 for the redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored or redvoicemedia.com slash Jason is how you can get in the mix there. But again, everything after two weeks goes free. Anyway, so getting back, um, man, I kind of I lost myself right there. I was talking New World Order. And I was talking about Samuel Zane Batten. I was talking about collectivism and how this is an old thing and how many people have uh, talked about this. The bottom line is right now, a lot of that's in place. Okay. It, it's It's here now. And this movement is pushing forward, right? So I'm gonna continue to try to expose as much as the future, uh, I think that I can I can stop. I hope most people aren't gonna take the old muskernuts chip, the Neuralink. I'm gonna be talking about that today, uh, hosting the fourth hour of Alex Jones's show as well today. I got a dental appointment um, in about an hour and a half. It's gonna be brutal. I'm still coming back. I'm still doing the Jones show, okay, uh, fourth hour. A- and that's because aside from the presentation I'm going to be given in Nashville, Tennessee, I want to reach as many people with this match as there because that brings me back to what I was thinking about with Alex Jones and the Twitter files. Why don't we have any Twitter files on InfoWars and Alex Jones? Can somebody tell me that? I mean, isn't that a good question? Shouldn't even Alex be asking that question? How many weeks has it been now that we've got Taibi and others releasing these documents? And I see Matt Taibbi all over uh, mainstream media. I saw you just did um, Max Blumenthal and the Gray Zone. And that's over at Rockfin, by the way. Okay. Can we, can we put our big boy pants on? Can we get past just the COVID-1984 nightmare? Can we get to the real deplatforming? Can we get to the internal emails? of Jack and others on Alex Jones after he was already deplatformed from YouTube and Facebook. And, you know, I know what they said, and I don't necessarily um, disagree with the angle they took. So in other words, you know, they said that they took him off because of his behavior with Oliver Darcy, the CNN executive, uh, calling him like a possum. I I watched it. It It's pretty funny pretty funny. I mean, Alex Jones basically calling this guy a weasel and a possum face and everything else, uh, you know, all there. Uh, Aren't we going to see that stuff? Because after Alex Jones is gone one by one, okay, people that worked with with InfoWars or for InfoWars or associated with InfoWars, they were deplatformed too. Where's all that? Where's the WikiLeaks type dump? so just saying guys i i mean I, I saw a lot of the comments out there on the muskernuts and the uh panel and all that good stuff and, and what i'm going to tell people is you know so, some people were like wolf in sheep's clothing i doubt it and and luckily uh, some people were kind of genuine in, in the sense that they made a comment before they watched any of the video any of the videos or even or maybe they watch like a 60 or 90 second clip. I do want to thank the good people over at Red Voice Media. They've been cutting certain sections up and just throwing them up there in, you know, 2 minute, 5 minute, 6 minute subsections, which is good. You know, it gets people thinking. There were a couple people that weren't just anonymous loser trolls a couple cuz there's plenty of the uh, anonymous loser trolls that want to get in there. They want to take a jab at Jason Burmis or James Corbett or Whitney Webb, et cetera, or, or Derek in particular. I mean, just losers. But some people are like, okay, you know what? Now that I've seen uh, this information, I'm at least willing to consider it. And they only watched a five or six minute clip. You watch that hour and how much documentation you have about what Musk is doing and not saying. Okay. And it's over the top. I mean, this, that, that guy's a threat to humanity. It's what he is, okay? Just saying. He, he's, <laughs> he is a threat to humanity. All right. I want to move on to uh, a few of the news stories that are out there today. Um, the Biden thing we're going to get to, it, it's within here because, again, it, it's almost cartoonish and farcical in a lot of ways. Sincerest form of flattery, CNN is mulling stand-up comic for primetime show after Fox News funny man Greg Gutfeld smashed ratings with Bill Maher and Jon Stewart among names in frame. And uh, what they're talking about is is it's called Gutfeld now. And all right, let, let's talk about it. Because I, I watch Gutfeld every once in a while. But that's that's because really that type of panel show, um, the for and a host panel show, especially when you're talking politics, has kind of been a winning formula since uh, Bill Maher was doing it. And and by the way, they're talking about Bill Maher again. I don't think they're gonna get Bill Maher, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Since Bill Maher did it with Politically Incorrect. Okay, that's just a fact, Jack. Love them or hate them, Politically Incorrect. And that started on Comedy Central. I believe it got picked up by ABC. It was one of the big networks nighttime. And in that hour, right? First of all, you, you had Bill Maher, he's a decent standup comedian, he's the funny man. You put the funny man at the front and then you bring in political figures, cultural figures, et cetera, and have a conversation. Winning formula every time. Same show Gutfeld does right now, same exact show, right? Um, Colin Quinn used to do it with Tough Crowd, right? Uh, it was more geared towards comedians and less geared towards political figures, but certainly they were talking about the cultural issues and politics of the day. Okay. That's the truth. So to me, you know, it it would be a no brainer to get Bill Maher. Bill Maher is really rich. Like Bill Maher's got a lot of money. He's got a lot, a lot of money. Um, Bill Maher was a producer on uh, Vice when it was just a show, right? Remember when Vice seemed a little bit more hard-hitting and it was asking the tough questions and it was going to North Korea with the basketball players, right? Hadn't really shown its true colors or agenda yet. And by the way, there is there, some value-tainment over at, uh, over at Vice, the, the wrestling stuff, Tales from the Territories, Dark Side of the Ring, Dark Side of the 90s, Dark Side of Comedy. Those are kind of like entertaining. Uh, I I would compare them to like the E! True Hollywood stories of the 90s and early 2000s. Remember those? Those were always fun. These little AJ Benza. (laughs) So you have Bill Maher there and... I mean, I just think he's got too much money. I don't think he would want to do that because I do think that comes with strings. And I honestly think CNN would like the idea of Bill Maher, but Bill Maher occasionally gets things really right. Okay, but occasionally strays away from the Johnny nonsense and the agenda. Occasionally, not all the time. A lot of the time he doesn't. Jon Stewart, I don't know what happened, man. And to this day, I'll still have the slightest bit of respect uh, for Jon Stewart because he worked with John Feel and the Feel Good Foundation. And he um, really, really fought the machine to get the first responders the care they deserved after 9-11. And to me, that's a big deal. You know. um, Obviously. I think anybody that went in there and saved lives that day and put their life on the line or cleaned up after the fact and, and breathed and all that they need to be taken care of. And that's the thing. It's not like I'm apathetic to these issues. I'm I'm very empathetic because to do that and you hear some of the stories that day. Again, we played the Anthony Southalamacia interview. You know, basically his speech at this thing where he talks about Willie Gr- Rodriguez and his bravery and being around people that had their skin melted off of them. Right. And explosions in the towers in the basement level that weren't supposed to happen. You know, going back to when I, I decided, hey, a Sp- 9-11 issue, a lot of you that are new to this um, or maybe the, my younger crowd. And when I say my younger crowd, maybe even the people in like their 30s that watch me, I'm an old man now, at 43, cannot understand what it was like to dare to question 9-11 within the first six months to a year. And then invoke some really hard truths that pointed the finger to at least some people within our own government being involved extremely difficult. It was one of those things. Again, King talked about it in the beginning of this program that sometimes it feels kind of like a burden that you have to speak out because it makes life more difficult. Oh, well. Oh, well. The truth is the truth. Lies don't make friends. And if you're going to remain silent, you're not only betraying your friends, your family, yourself the ones you love but you're betraying your future as well because if you don't stand up to the actual problems and dangers they don't get better and neither does your quality of life it actually gets worse because the people that do these type of things feel emboldened and emblazoned to do more and they continue to do more. It is only when you confront them head on that they back off in any way, shape, or form. All right, let's move on to our next story here. Stephen King infuriates upstate New Yorkers by saying House Speaker's election drama was as bad as the vacation to Utica. And look, you, you better, you better apologize for that. How dare you, sir? How dare you? First of all, I'm not claiming that Utica is is the best thing since breakfast, but I'm an upstate New York guy, and if it weren't for the authoritarian dictates, uh, the out of control prices of everything, I'd love to go back. I, I miss my friends. Uh, I miss my brother. I miss. Uh, a lot about upstate New York. In fact, this weekend, while I was watching the MMA fights, a little two TV setup in the, uh, in the living room, and um, I had boxing on over on the left, and it was over uh, at the Turning Stone Casino, which is right in that Utica area. It's an Indian casino, but right there. And I thought about a lot of the good times I'd had at that casino. And not not gambling in particular uh but going to see uh, roger daltrey of the who there great time fun times you know the buffet pretty good pretty good <laughs> and it sucks that authoritarians have completely taken over and ruined it and i don't think that we'll ever see a free and fair election on a large scale at all i really don't i, I just do not see it uh, i i again i don't know if you're, you're allowed to say it on youtube i don't believe that kelly Hokel or kathy Hokel, i keep calling her kelly don't i maybe because i want to call her kel kel I, I i don't like her all right um you know kelly Hokel's in there kelly i said it again kathy Hokel is in there to promote an agenda and if I dare say I don't believe that we have the free and fair elections over in New York, and I think we have a, re- a rigged system, oh, well. And that's not, and I don't like Lee Zeldin either. To make that extremely clear. I don't like Lee, Lee Zeldin. I just don't happen to think that we have the free and fair elections that they keep telling us we have, right? We're, we're fighting for freedom in Ukraine. Do we have freedom in this country? Is that a real thing? We've been covering this story. And uh, again, I I don't necessarily love Glenn uh, Glenn Youngkin, but he slams a maniacal or maniacal, I don't know, maniacal decision by seven schools in woke district to hide merit awards from top students to boost equity as AG Warren's move could have cost youngsters college scholarships. Of course it does. Of course. First of all, If there's ever going to be a meritocracy, and we all know that in society, sometimes there isn't a meritocracy. Sometimes you just get exploited, right? Sometimes it takes a little bit of savvy and a little bit of gumption, a little individuality, and that's what they hate, by the way, to rise to the cream of the crop, to the top. Okay? You get it? They want to take that away. And in school, especially when you're talking about scholarships, you're talking about which school you're going to get into, what programs you're going to get into, they look at the best of the best. And if you have an award here and an extracurricular there, it obviously matters, especially when you're talking about scholarships. But this is the next level of the participation trophy. And it's also there to perpetuate uh, division amongst uh, uh, racial issues and lines. Listen again to what King said. They're killing poor white boys. They're killing poor black boys. It doesn't matter. They're killing the poor. And you know what? He also talked about the poverty program. And. When you look at the origins of these little, like the, the actual poverty programs, what you had was kind of a work system, right? Where you were encouraging people to learn a skill so then they could go work. We don't have that anymore. They want people on the dole. They want the handout system. They want you to believe you can't exist an inability to exist without the state helping you. They love it. They love it because they hate your standard of living. They hate your individual humanity. Okay, they hate everything about us. Cuz we pose a threat. All right? To the hierarchy of a predator class that is in a command and control system now for centuries. And they and they continue to try to regiment human beings further and further. And part of that is dividing us so we can't come together to boost equity. And and really, let's be honest, they badly, they badly want to trigger people in this country to start attacking physically other people. Okay. So They want to enrage you through the school system and a group of people causes physical harm to somebody on the school board or in the district. They love that sort of thing because that in turn lets them go, see, I told you that's a terrorist right there. That's a person that doesn't deserve any civil liberties or rights. And there are other people like that Person, and we need to deal with them. We've actually profiled a lot of them. We need new statutes for pre crime. That's where this is headed. That's where this is going. All right, let's continue down the line. And getting back to the war, let's not call it a conflict, the war in Ukraine with Russia that clearly is no longer proxy and clearly um, dangerous for us. Drone warfare, we often talk about it in the sky, and we should, something we should discuss. UAVs, unmanned aerial vehicles, you can't imagine what they're really up to and what they're really using. And at this point, we even know about the autonomous drones. We know about the Starlink systems. We know about the blackjack systems. We know about the ghost drones. We know about the sidewinder drones, etc. A lot of it public knowledge. We don't talk about the UUVs enough, the unmanned underwater vehicles. And right here, you know, we're talking about uh, UUVs and their nuclear capabilities and the possibility. That these could get to what the shores of Europe, Britain in particular. So forget about the space warfare, which is very real, all right. And th- the other thing is, you know, a lot of people talk about, and, and when I say people, um, mostly the, the the flat Earth, space is fake, p- folks are always talking about Antarctica. And here's my take on Antarctica. I just want to make it very clear, I am not one of those people. Think space is very real. Do not think we live on a flat plane. Just saying. Just want to put that out there. The Arctic, all right, was one of those places that had not been colonized, mostly because of its rough terrain in many areas. Although there, there clearly are lush areas. I've seen the Admiral Bird footage. I know all about Operation High Jump, etc. If you go back into history and you read about the Nazis, for instance, and their Arctic missions. I think what happens post-World War II is that basically you have two large superpowers, the United States and uh, Russia, the Soviet Union, okay? And there are certain deals that are cut right then and there for what can and can't be done in the Arctic region. And even when you get to global treaties later, Derived from those agreements, and the same thing goes for space. And the Arctic regions are just a, a place for black sites, bases, tests, etc., uh, because they are so large. And I think that they are probably dominated by Russia and the United States, with, of course, um, Europe probably being somewhere in there now, and and possibly China, because this isn't really about the nation state, right? It's about an ideal set goes well past the nation state. By the way, 215 people watching over on YouTube, let's get the thumbs up and share these videos as well. Rumble, uh, thumbs it up as well. We always need that. And uh, remember, we're all over the place. We're Twitter, we're Rumble, we're Rockfin, we're YouTube. But in about two minutes, we're gonna be exclusive to redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Please consider signing up, $10 uh, for the first week. You actually get it for a buck to try it out. See if you like it. See if my four hours of content on top of the other four hours of content, and then all the bonus content uh, that they put out there. For instance, you know, Red Voice is great. And come over. They'll post or re-upload something like the the uh, forum with James Corbett, Whitney Webb, heavy hitters, t Lab, Conscious Resistance, etc. And you get that as well. And that's free anyway. It's a great place to just stop and find it, right? So we're putting out. I, I don't know. I'm I'm doing like 10 plus hours of content a week. It's a lot. It's a lot. I could do without hearing my voice that much. Trust me. Let's hit one more story up, okay? Um, before we head over to, uh, the uncensored house Republicans demand access to visitor logs from Biden's Delaware home to determine who may have been able to access classified documents found there. It's part of the sham. It's part of narrative control. It's, uh, the ability for establishment Republicans to look like they're doing something for the country. Meanwhile, real investigations, real punishments. They're not coming. They're not happening. No bueno. No good. Not real. Uh, Real investigations not happening into the COVID-1984 nightmare. Not going to happen. Limited hangout there. You'll have a couple people that will do the right thing, ask the right questions. Will prosecutions happen? Will people go to jail? I don't think so. I don't think so. So, guys, again, on the other side, um, we're going to have the Clay Clark interview. We're going to be doing that, but we're going to be hitting a couple more news stories. And then I have a few clips that I want to play. And I want to emphasize that uh, this agenda is not a left or right agenda. It is a right and wrong agenda. It's a very real one. I'll also be hosting, again, the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show today. We do it Monday through Thursday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. You can't beat it. So, you might as well join it all right let's start signing off on these rockfin thank you so much all you guys over there that are supporters via rockfin i could not do it without you and actually let's thank uh the Tipsky and hutch from aram did somebody say new world order mr tuttle the singing turtle so i don't know uh, about mr tuttle and the singing turtle but i do appreciate the tip aram really do rockfin we'll see you later youtube always real XSplit, a.k.a. I mean, XSplit's what I run, but that's what I call my Twitter feed. Done. And goodbye to the rumbling. Okay, folks. Hopefully, uh, I always wait until I get a text, but uh, hopefully we are streaming live uh, via the Bean uh, and, of course, via the Prime Time over at redvoicemedia.com, it is reality rants. I want to uh, move on from the Biden story uh, because I think everybody's going to cover it to death. I think it's going to be overanalyzed from the, uh, let's see, read my man, read. I did read it. Money talks, BS walks, bro. (laughs) I did read it, my friend. Did read it. Anyway, I think this one's going to be done to death. I'm just saying. I'm gonna be done to death. Uh, human skeleton is found in abandoned building at UC Berkeley that hasn't been used for many years, and cops say there's no missing person reports to help them identify the remains. Now, you know, I'm wondering, was this part of the science program, et cetera, et cetera? Is there more to the story? Uh, but at the same time, who knows? A human skeleton was discovered in a disused building on the UC Berkeley campus. The skeletonized remains were found on Tuesday in a building on the university's Clark Kerr Campus, which hasn't been used for "quote unquote" many years, University Police said. It is not clear how long the remains have been there, or whether they were a man or a woman. But officials said more information will be provided after an autopsy. So that so, you know, this isn't like, hey, um, this was a skeleton that we used in class. Obviously, this is something totally different. Police confirmed there are no open reports of missing persons from the campus community. And, you know, you wonder, is it just somebody that traveled in there? Maybe od died, et cetera. Who knows? But let's see. Okay, we are good to go. Great. It was an interesting story. Nonetheless, UC Berkeley, uh, a lot of the times, the mouthpiece, the academic mouthpiece for a, uh, a lot of these issues. Period. Amen. All right. I want to move on to the metaverse. And again, we got the Clay Clark interview coming up in about uh, 15 to 20 minutes, we're gonna be playing that. A great interview, Uh, love talking to Clay. Again, Nashville, Tennessee, I'm gonna be speaking this Saturday. If you can make it, please come out. I'm not sure how many tickets are left, but it was pretty scarce. World Economic Forum, uh, about to get together again, together again, for the very first time. Constantly pushing the metaverse, defining and building the metaverse, okay? And I can't reiterate enough how much they want to bring you into the virtual age. And when I say they, I'm talking about the predator class through organizations like Davos, which are the mouthpiece for that new world order agenda we were discussing earlier, period. They want blockchain people. They want virtual universes. They want the sustainability agenda. That's what's happening right now. And this is one of their initiatives. Okay. Remember, you have the sustainability goals and initiatives that they're pushing. The United Nations is pushing. And the United Nations is also pushing this. And it's all part of this idea to detach you from the reality and build you into a new form of stakeholder capitalism, generating economic and societal value. All right. Let I me. Mean, you <laughs> look at this man you look at this um what's it say right there setting rules for the metaverse ooh we're gonna set some rules for the metaverse A- and you can barely see it let's see if we can go right in we're we're gonna try to see the problem is it resizes it every time it says elicit an economy global governance is right there that's global governance right there agile governance Leadership." and values i mean (laughs) setting rules for the metaverse right here guys right here there it is let's bring it back to to where it was at 100 i mean you can't make this stuff up global governance is right here at setting rules all of these are avenues for collectivism and globalism and this new world order thing that's very real it's not fictitious. I wish it were. I wish it were a joke. It's not a joke. So they have put sustainability into everything. And in this piece where the World Economic Forum is talking about green steel, the second thing uh, that they discuss in this, all right, is actually feeling the metaverse. And it's not what you think. It is actually through haptic sensors and touches. So, you know, again, this is about global governance. This is about control. This is uh, the tail end right here of the green steel movement, sustainable supply chains, right? Drive the demand for green technology, right? And they have to meet these climate goals. One other climate goal and a way to decarbonize is have you do less stuff and not leave your house as much. And that right there lets you feel the metaverse with your bare hands, that little device. So that's actually one of the haptic systems sends ultrasonic force field up into the air, creating a sensation of physical touch on your skin. I'm going to pause it just for a moment. Okay. This tells you, you can play and interact without gloves or controllers. So many people think that this is going to be like ready player one. According to Dennis Bushnell at NASA, five cents, that's five cents. That's touch, taste, sight, and smell. Touch, taste, sight, and smell. Is that $0.04 or $0.05? What's what's the other one? Oh, yeah. Wait, touch, taste, sight, smell. Am I missing? I'm probably missing one, okay? But whatever. All been done for well over a decade via VR. And the headsets, they're really, uh, they're old tech. They're very old tech. They're going to get smaller. They're going to look like eyeglasses. Eventually, more than likely, they'll be augmented reality and you could even have them um, as uh, contact lenses. I mean, that's where this technology is eventually going to go. I don't know how long that will take, but it will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you will be in haptic field environments like this one, where it's not just your hands as the controllers, but it's your entire body feeling that way. And if they get as far as Kurzweil says that you're going to get, they're going to be able to inject you with bio nanotech, that will shut off your actual sensory system. Lovely, I know. I'm gonna shut off your actual sensory system and then virtually provide you with your reality. That sounds that sounds fun and safe. And if that sounds like science fiction and there's no way they could do that, I do wanna point uh, to the RAND document and what DARPA already calls, um, Next generation non-surgical neurotechnology. And the program invades a non-invasive system capable of reading uh, from and writing to multiple points in the brain at once. A natural extension uh, from research that aims to read brain signals and send or implant uh, information in the brain is brain-to-brain communication with funding from the ARL. Researchers at the University of Washington conducted a pilot study for a non-invasive system that uses EEG to read basic brain signals, transmit them over the internet, and then transfer motor responses to a second user using transcranial magnetic stimulation. The sensors, signals represent very basic actions in the context of a simple video game, such as move left or right, nonetheless, especially given that those signals are transferred over the internet, the potential to send even basic thoughts across the internet inherently presents many opportunities and many risks concerning security and ethics. You think? So again, injectables, non-invasive, non-surgical neurotechnology. Hmm. Hmm. And what they're what they're getting ready right now, just to put out commercially, is this type of technology which are the haptic sense bars. All right. High fives, fist bumps. And this is wave one of haptics. It feels like you're, oh, I'm touching uh, a tree. It's a midair force field. So invisible force fields. And again, this is going to be on the MetaQuest quest Ooh. Yay. It's, it's in the multiverse. So, VR, virtual reality is a huge part of this agenda. And it was a huge part of the agenda. I keep showing it in this NASA document, future strategic issues and future warfare. It is where they want to take us as human beings from the bio nano era, the quantum era. Okay. Where we're at right now into the virtual era. It's a 2001 document. Somehow predicted that You know, somehow bio nanotechnology was just going to be adopted in 2020, uh, the technological age of humankind, but it was adopted physically for the first time in mass. It's a a real thing. Just. Wow. And, And, you know, the other thing is that they want to manage you. Well, you know, I talk about this command and control system through the blockchain. So they want to use this technology track trace database incorporate it with your body internet of bodies that we've talked about and the world economic forum just like pushing the vr okay are pushing the blockchain people and you know they're telling you already that the the, the lovely refugee camp that you're looking at okay runs on the blockchain and we're using biometric technology we're taking your iris scans you're going to be part of the world food program you're going to sleep in a tent. You're going to be in long lines and hopefully we'll find you work. If we don't, who cares? You're in a slave camp. It can store, it can store everything, all your passport information, your exam certificates, your financial history, your whole history, everything. And hey, when conflicts are going on around the world, no big deal. Right? We got you covered. I mean, and, and then they're just basically saying, we're going to save all this money. From transactional fees that aren't going to be there. That's why we love the blockchain. You love the blockchain because it's cashless, it's total control, and you want people's standards of living like the one you see here, Davos. That's what you want. And you know, when you talk about technology and using magnetic waves and visibility, I want to show people, you know, some of this non invasive technology that they say they want to use for surgery. Okay. And and what you have right here is this is a magnetic, quote unquote, slime that is able to be manipulated through sonic waves. And once it's in your body, it can go through and target things like this. I mean, you're looking at it. And and by the way, this is old technology. This is the stuff that's public. And they're showing you how they're able to roll it and manipulate it uh, with magnetics. And now they're showing you how it's going to be able to go through this canal or that organ. Isn't that just the best? just fantastic. This is what is publicly being shown and they're getting ready to commercialize now. Think about the implications. You know, you just talked about non-invasives that can control mechanics within the brain and be transmitted over the internet. Now you're talking about things hard-lined into your system that can be controlled via magnetic waves. Just lovely. Just, just, fantastic. And look, I'm all about technology, empowering humanity. And it can be used for good. For instance, this this is a good use. This is uh, a spinal implant that has helped a paralyzed man have a child.
0: Ready? Set, go.
3: Here we are. So again, this is this guy. Paralyzed at 22, wasn't able to have children. Tragic story. All right. Has an electrical implant in his spine. It boosts his nerve signals. And, you know, I've actually discussed this in conjunction with Neuralink and the fact that they have the brain chip. And then they also show you the second chip in a spinal cord. Okay. When we're talking about things like this, good. Good. This is a medical use. OK, this is not trying to commercialize it in a sense where you've got to buy, 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 and there's going to be planned obsolescence. And we're talking about what track, trace and database and then analysis on a level that you can't imagine. And, and really the harnessing of all of that information to build a mind file on you that you could never, ever, ever imagine existed. Okay, so, you know, right now he's in the harness, but, you know, when he has the device on, he can be Wait, somewhat mobile. Eye. This is huge. Yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, way faster. I, I'm sure this has just been amazing for him and his family.
0: So, David, how's it
2: going? Oh, it's great. It's a good feeling, especially walking with my daughter. She with her
1: walker, I'm with mine. Nice. Uh, I mean, it, it's
3: huge, and and that's the thing. These technologies can be utilized for either, right? Empowerment or enslavement. And we've talked about. I love the hammer analogy: build a house or bash a head. It all technology is that way. But you can see how the media is going to portray it. They're going to portray it what, in a manner, okay? in a manner in which everything is going to empower us, all right, and, and they're only gonna slightly hint at the downsides, and they're going to constantly go to things like this. And, and look, I want things like this to happen, I really do. But we should be doing these things for the betterment of human beings. In reality, in reality it, it's being used subversively to get people more and more to accept this technology that ultimately, we accept it the way that they want will be the end of humanity forever. And they will have not only their new world order, um, but their transhumanist nightmare. Okay. I know I'm upbeat. I know it's good stuff. Uh, With that being said, (laughs) what we're going to do here, okay, is we are going to go to um, this Clay Clark interview uh, where we discuss the upcoming, uh, Nashville event a lot more. And, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy about talking to clay is that he, you know, he's going to places. Most people wouldn't go and he's allowing me to speak an event. Most people wouldn't think I'm speaking at, uh, for instance, this one's in Nashville, but the next couple are actually going to be in Miami. And then he's going to Vegas. He's going to Vegas. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. I enjoyed doing it. I think it's a, a really great interview. Uh, this is myself and uh, Clay Clark talking just over the weekend. Hey, everybody, Jason Burmis here. And for the next half hour or so, I am very honored to have the founder and host of the Great Reawakening Tour. And, you know, I've been on this tour now uh, for the better part of a year. I've spoken several times and every single time I learn something new. I get to talk to somebody interesting and this is a powerhouse spectrum of Mm. some of the top speakers that have challenged the great narrative that is being sold to us on behalf of this great reset agenda. And so, Clay, I want to thank you for bringing people like Thomas Renz and others to the forefront, people who are not only fighting the agenda with uh, their minds and their mouths, but in the legal arena as well. So tell us what we got coming up this January 20th and
2: 21st over in Tennessee. Well, first off, we, we are going to Nashville, Tennessee, January 20th and 21st. We're going to Pastor Greg Locke's church. And uh, uh, Jason, uh, you, I think you would like this guy. This is the first pastor in America that I know of that banned the wearing of masks in his church because he said he didn't want to people to perpetuate a lie to keep themselves safe from a virus that's less deadly than the flu. So he banned mask wearing at his church. He didn't comply with lockdowns, quarantines or curfews at all. And he's continued to grow. His church has grown from a a couple hundred people to now thousands and thousands of folks. And we're going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, January 20th and 21st at Pastor Greg Locke's church on the lineup. So far we have confirmed. I just talked to Jim Brewer this morning. uh, Eric Trump, Cash Patel. There's a lot of the the big names. Some names that I'm pretty excited about that are new, uh, Laura Logan, uh, she joined us at one event but she'll be there and that lady does not hold back any uh facts or truth ever uh, liz Crokin, who broke the uh jeffrey epstein the, the pizza gate the podesta email stories she'll be there uh the lineup is going to be awesome we have 71 confirmed speakers uh sean foyt the praise and worship team will be there pastor greg Locke, pastor mark burns pastor leon benjamin so if you're if you're someone who says you know what i want to hear the truth about uh, the religious corruption of the uh, institutional uh, church you're gonna love it if you're someone who says you know what i want to learn the truth about election fraud you're gonna love it medical fraud religious fraud monetary fraud mainstream media fraud and, we, and we're letting you name your price now as of right now i don't know what it will be in, in a moment as of right now we have 13 tickets left So, I mean, it's next week, uh, January 20th and 21st. Doors open up at 6 a.m. We start at 8 a.m. We go until uh, almost 7, 8 p.m. every night. We have baptisms on Friday. But again, you can name your price. And the whole thing is structured, Jason, where it's a whole patriotic festival and weekend. A lot of the patriots will be going out to dinner uh, with each other on Thursday night. We'll be putting out that itinerary on Monday. Uh, A lot of the people will become fast friends. But again, you can name your price. You can request those tickets. You can request those tickets. Think about this, folks cpac a lot of these big events are thousands of dollars to attend and they're i would argue heavily censored you don't hear about certain subjects we're going to talk about central bank digital currencies we're going to talk about the quantum technology we're going to talk about transhumanism any event that would allow jason Burmes to come up there on stage and to share the truth about elon musk and he brings the proof he brings the receipts any event that will do that Is going to be a threat to the establishment. Republicans don't like it. Democrats don't like it either. I think libertarians, Jason, love the Reawaken America tour. It is just an absolute truth of Palooza. You're going
3: to love it. Absolutely. And uh, again, you've been doing this now for over a year. This is kind of the uh, after January revamp of this. Last time we actually talked, Clay, was just before the midterms. And on this show, I said, hey, Not really seeing this red wave, I think there's going to be a lot of disappointment out there. We did have that discussion. Yeah, we did. And and I said, you know, a lot of these close elections, they're probably going to be taken from us. And it's unfortunate because, you know, um, your event is a place where I, for instance, uh, got to be friends with Timothy Shea. And I think Timothy Shea is a good man. I think he has a lot of great ideas uh, with the MAGA Institute and getting to your polling stations and registering people. But when you have an underlying corruption within your electoral system where it's no longer one person, one vote, and there are no audits, and you're using electronic machines that have now been refined over the last 20 years, to me, it's going to be pretty much impossible to have the free and fair electoral system. don't you go
2: talking about facts. All I can say (laughs) is there's a couple things here. Uh, If you read Luke chapter 21 – or Matthew chapter 24 God who is both the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end and Jason this is something that a lot of Christians don't want to talk about God uh talked about in in Matthew chapter 24 and Luke 21 how this would all end also in the book of Daniel God specifically said there would be a time think about how crazy this is thousands of years ago God said there would be a time where man would try to mix the miry clay that means the flesh of man with machine mixing the miry clay with iron is that not what the transhumanism agenda is all about jason i mean are we not seeing the mixing of man with machine are we not seeing wars and rumors of wars are we not seeing intentional famines are we not seeing many being offended i mean matthew chapter 24 feels like you're reading the news of today so all i can say is i think we're a lot closer to the end than we were yesterday and I mean that sincerely that the, we're talking about every prophetic aspect of the Bible is all coming to pass at the same time and so uh most people view the Bible as a historical book that's dead however 25 percent of the Bible is prophetic and it is very accurate and we're living through it and I think a lot of Christians by and large skip the parts of the Bible that aren't you know about having a blasty blast they're <laughs> not about you know joel osteen and making a lot of money they're not about maserati driving pastors there's a lot of name it and claim it sort of stuff but i'm telling you, if you read the actual word of god it prophesied a time where man would mix the miry clay with iron which i believe to be transhumanism it talked about matthew or uh, revelation chapter 13 verse 16 through 18. it said that no man would be able to buy or sell without putting this technology under their skin called the 666 and i'll tell you this the mark of the beast think about this right now the quantum dot which was developed by MIT eh, the quantum dot allows you to store your financial records and your vaccination history under your skin that is a fact and the name of the new central bank digital currency system they're rolling out that soon will be uh, required to buy or sell is called the quant MIT developed the quantum central bank digital currencies look it up folks type in MIT CBDC boom and then type in MIT quantum dot, this technology that mechanically makes it possible to be unable to buy or sell is here, now, not in the future, now. And you've been talking about this way previous to now, and now you could probably wear a shirt that says, I told you so, and be right every single day of the week. But right, I mean, are we not seeing the transhumanism agenda? We might disagree on certain aspects of the Bible, but do we not? are we not seeing a transhumanism agenda right now?
3: It's right now. It's it's moving at a rapid pace and you are correct um, to associate the central b- bank digital currency for what they want to bring in, which is their fourth industrial revolution, sure. which is what they call the Internet of Bodies, Clay, because we've already mm-hmm. succumbed to the Internet of Things. This little device made it possible on a level most of us cannot imagine. It is constantly uh, collecting data. Anybody mm-hmm. can right now look up the term ACR, automated content recognition. And what this is, is a way for both Mm. corporations and government to work around the tapping you or spying on you, because it's not actually recording you, Clay. Uh It brings it through a certain type of algorithm along with the video information. The prime software for this, it's not a secret. It's something called Alfonso. Everybody look it up. Alfonso. Alfonso. Alfonso is the software. And there was a big story about it probably like four or five years ago because it was in all of the smart TVs and devices and activated in the background the majority of the time. Now, with the ability to ping one's geolocation and then constantly have access to this automated content recognition you were able to build an algorithmic system that made the internet of things a real thing and not only a possibility what is utilized today in china's uh, social credit score apple has a social credit score for you as well you can look that up all the way back since 2017 and when you talk about quantum computing and MIT. Well, the kings of quantum computing are actually Google in a partnership with NASA Clay. What do you call it? What does ACR stand for again? It is automated content recognition, and automated Alfonso content. is the software. It's tough to find some of these videos from back in the day, but of course I did them, and I'll bring them back up. But they just openly brag because they're selling it to and, their customers. Well, let
2: me, yeah, let me do this real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can and wow you here a little bit. Here we go. Mm-hmm. This is an audio clip I want to play. Now, Grant Cardone is from the entrepreneurial space. Some people like him. Some people don't. His whole thing is he tries to teach business owners how to grow their business and then buy real estate. That's an over-summary, but that's what he does. Listen to what Grant Cardone said about banks. Listen to this.
0: If it's in the bank, why don't you go down to the bank this afternoon and get 50 G's from it? Is that hard?
2: It'd be impossible. Well, I've called not, them not and impossible. they just said they need time. Oh Yeah, they need time because they're not carrying cash because they're fractionalized banking. But try to give them 50 G's what will they do come back man okay so now Steve Forbes also not these are not people that are like yourself where they've been talking about this for a long time they're nibbling on the corners they're nibbling on I have this phrase that I say a lot of time and no one knows what I mean until I explain it to you. I call it setting the edge of the narrative Jason there's people like you that have called out the narrative over here and over here and then certain people like Steve Forbes they're used to thinking within this world and so when they go out to the edge, they sort of start to nibble on the edge. Listen to this, folks. This is Steve Forbes. The Federal Forbes. Reserve is considering a digital dollar. The implications for privacy and freedom are frightening. Ah, it reminds me of the automated content recognition, Alfonso.
1: This is Richard Werner. This is
2: Catherine Austin Fitz.
1: Top academic scholar in the world on central banking.
2: Now, again, Grant Cardone's more mainstream. Steve Forbes is a little bit outside of it. Catherine Austin Fitz is almost to Jason Burma's level, in my opinion. It's my opinion and i'm not that wasn't an attack i'm just saying no, you know i you like, like far of the out of you're so far out of the mainstream you're on the edge it might it might It might take okay here we go the nature of this cbdc what what is it actually going to look like they never talk about that right. um but i heard one european central banker tell me what it's going to look like Uh-oh. he saw it um and it was around this this large and would be implanted under your skin
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is yeah. this is tucker carlson now? now again tucker carlson is still kind of within that that he's on the outer edge of the mainstream but he's still in the mainstream mm-hmm. see if that
1: happens we're done
2: so you might have missed glenn what beck. happened wednesday afternoon at the fed glenn beck is at the outer 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 edge of the mainstream media meaning that he's still out on youtube but he's been kicked off of most of syndicated radio networks all across the country so but they started their CBDC. Maybe we should start having the conversation of, gosh, this looks like the mark of the beast. COVID makes it- Now this is Yuval Noah Harari, who's on the edge, 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 because he's just telling you all day what the World Economic Forum is going to do. He's, he's known as the top advisor for Klaus Schwab. And he, all he's doing, all he's doing is he's telling you out loud because luciferians do this he's telling you that what jason bermas what you've been saying for 10 years or more is 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 accurate he's just saying yeah you're right yep yeah, we're doing it here we go uh, internet of bodies agenda 2030 here we go listen to what he says
1: accelerates the process of digitalization and automatization it legitimizes the deployment of mass surveillance even
2: in democratic countries and it makes surveillance go under your skin. Oh! And several banks have, it's Richard Warner again. Like the Bank of England, already prepared their microchip implant, RFID chip, to be implanted under your skin. You say, this is like a dictatorship. No, 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 it's worse because of Alfonso and ACR and the quantum technology. Now, you know, you're in your living room by yourself and you say, TV's off, phone's off, and you say, I think this is some this this right here, this is some ball boop. And all of a sudden you go, Huh? Did you order pizza? No, bro, I didn't order pizza. We were just talking about Alfonso and ACR. What who's at the door? Woo woo woo. And people come and take you away to a re education camp. Welcome to the social credit score surveillance state called China. Um and why is the sudden discussion about universal basic income from all older- the grassroots and inverted commas movements, and billionaires. Oh, University-based was the bribe for you to accept the microchip. Nobody wants to know what's in the vaccine. This is Steve Kersh, who invented the mouse. Because,
3: look, if people understood what was in the vaccine, they'd go apeshit. And you said the difference
2: of this forced uh, industrial revolution this is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes, it changes you. you if you take a genetic editing so, I mean, one, we all need to practice our Schwab because this is going to be one of the leaders soon. So, the difference of the fourth industrial revolution is it doesn't, it doesn't change what you're doing
3: as much as it changes you if you take the genetic everything, what you have to take to keep a job. And let's talk about that because so many no. people have tried to obfuscate the fact that these are indeed genetically modified, genetically ed- uh, edited hate and lie shots. They are not traditional vaccines. They were never traditional vaccines. The mRNA was actually a DARPA partnership, okay, sure. a DARPA partnership with Big Pharma. okay. Their streg- strategic collaborators included AstraZeneca, Merck, mm. Vertex, Barta, which is the medical DARPA okay sharp, sharp. Bill and melinda gates foundation karolinka institute and the institute pastor after starting with moderna with this grant to fight what Bi- engineered biological weapons and emerging infectious diseases that they would se- sequence the mrna for within a couple days which they did we talked about the internet of things into the internet of bodies and you just talked about a cbdc device are you aware of the DARPA device, Lumi, that already goes under your skin and constantly broadcasts your uh, medical information. What's it called? Let's, let's let the good people at DARPA tell you. Let's bring DARPA. it right
1: up, Clay. DARPA, DARPA, <laughs> they so <laughs> Hello, fun. Hello, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Colonel Matt DARPA, DARPA. Uh, I'm a program manager in the Biological Technologies Office uh, at DARPA. I am a active duty army infectious diseases physician and have specialized in Uh, addressing biological threats um, that can either be engineered or naturally occurring.
3: So just so you know, this is pre-COVID 1984, and this is the dude This is the guy that
1: helped run Operation Warp Speed. Such as Ebola or pandemic influenza. Today we're going to be talking about one of the technologies that I actively manage, a company called Profusa, which is aiming at achieving tissue level continuous health monitoring
0: through the SBIR
1: program. We funded them to solve a incredible technical challenge that no one else had been previously able to solve.
2: Pause. he's saying he was trying to solve the technical challenge of making the mark of the
3: beast I mean, like, and I mean you're looking at it right here so I mean, I'm just
2: I'm just saying let's just let's say let's throw off for just a second I'm so sorry to see you. let's throw off for just a second the fact that you and I have a bias for not liking mainstream church let's just throw that out just throw it out it's done if you just read the Bible and you didn't you just read the book and you didn't hear know anything about the religious structure of 501c3s and olstein osteens and maserati driving pastors and you just read revelation you would probably go you know this looks a lot like Lumi, darpa profusa alfonso <laughs> all this looks a lot like what's in that book so i what i am saying this is what i'm saying i'm saying you're somebody who seeks the truth and that's why i decided to. that's why i asked you to come on the tour and a lot of people say to me well you know how come like certain people you know you you invite them to events and they have a big name like mike lindell and it's like an obvious invite you invite mike lindell why he's a great guy he's trying to fight for election integrity but you have to go below the epidermis of the conversation, literally and figuratively. You got to talk about what they're doing under the skin. And that's what you're showing here. I mean, this is some crazy stuff, bro.
3: I mean, and the thing is that this chip in particular, where it's different than something um, like a Neuralink, which is a brain chip or the traditional RFID chip, which really they've been utilizing even pre 9-11, selling it on you post 9-11. And even companies in Wisconsin have had their employees take it. What's different about this one is that this is part of that biological gene editing. This chip fools your body into believing it's actually part of your biology. I'm only gonna play a little bit oh, more, sick.
1: but check it out. Key innovation that was presented to us is they said, why can't we make a chemical substance that's really identical to what's underneath the skin, what we call the subcutaneous tissue so that your body doesn't recognize it as a foreign body response. It just incorporates itself into the tissue. And we have a lot of examples now where a sensor put right underneath the skin can sense things like oxygen and other chemicals that are very important to our metabolism. And not just sense that for a day or a week or even a month, But we imagine that sensing these parameters can go on for a period of years
3: so a period of years easily Mm -hmm. and i know that you've had dr peter mccullough on and we've been talking about this transhuman movement and now peter mccullough is finally in the last few months uh talking about those darpa aspects that i just Mm bring in
2: and by the way peter's gonna be at the reawaken america tour in nashville so maybe we'll have to lock you two in a room together
3: you know i've never interviewed mccullough and actually red voice hooked me up and i got an email back and i was just on the road i haven't gotten back i do need to get him on but what i need people to understand is that yeah i talk about neuralink i talk about human brain interfaces i talk about this type of technology but ultimately if these people get their way The human brain interfaces that DARPA wants to put in you and are working on are next generation non-surgical neurotechnology. What does that mean? What does it mean? That means injectable tech, just like a vaccine. And since we're redefining the word constantly, that's exactly what they will sell it to you as that goes into your body. And then that through, uh, it reads basic brain signals, transmits them over the internet and then uh, transfers major motor responses to a second user using transcranial magnetic stimulation. What do we need need to look up to find that? (laughs) What what is that? That is the RAND document, Brain-Computer Interfaces, U.S. Military uh, Applications and Implications, 2040. This is a document that was put out Uh just a couple of years ago.
2: Can you read that again? Can you go back? That's just so that is
3: oh, you are sick. (laughs) So again, folks, there there's already another type of human brain interface they are working on at DARPA, the defense department, that is called next generation non-surgical neurotechnology. And they're openly telling you through an injection, they can do brain-to-brain communication or okay, Um, computer to brain communication that reads the basic signals of everything your brain is doing and then transfers motor responses using magnetic transcranial stimulation. I'm not the guy writing this. This isn't science fiction. This isn't The Matrix 66. This is the real deal. This is what they put on paper and let you know is the plan, Clay. And that's why I'm so hell-bent, pardon the pun, I'm telling people this because quite frankly, I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what the color of skin is. I don't care what your bank account is. I don't care what God you worship. This is an attack on humanity any way you slice it. And I need more human beings to come together, recognize this and say, you know what? I like our species. I think we're special. These people are literally trying to destroy everything that is good about humanity We must come together in one way, shape, or form and take it down. It's not like they're using this
2: technology right now at (laughs) Cornell to play Tetris, but they are. (laughs) Listen to this.
3: For the first time, researchers at Cornell University have linked up the brains of multiple people using brain to brain interfaces so they can collaborate and work on specific problems. In the case of this study, the problem was to
2: win at the game of Tetris. Hey, man, bro, bro. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, bro? Yeah, I was thinking what you were thinking, bro. Bro, we're both thinking the same thing right now, bro. Tetra, what? They're connecting brains.
3: And so they linked up three people and they're calling this system brain net.
2: It's like you're still in my head right now.
3: But literally, these researchers say we present BrainNet, which to our knowledge is the first multi-person, non-invasive, direct brain to brain interface for collaborative problem
0: solving.
2: Oh, come on now, folks, if you're looking for something to look up here, you can Google search scientists connected the brains of three people just type that in scientists have connected the brains of three people hit enter you can find the story right there Cornell good job Cornell because that's what we wanted to do is connect people's
3: brains together to win in Tetris because that's what matters well the problem here is number one is they're selling you on the idea that this is a must right and huh. Musk is going to be the benevolent person even though there's another company out there not Neuralink. it's called Synchron heavily invested in by Jeff Bezos and uh, Lord Bill Gates that's their human brain interface company. So it's not just the mustard nuts. It's Synchron. Uh, they're selling you for this via we're going to stop paralysis uh that's got a long way to go i haven't seen any real evidence of that in the last presentation they had a second chip in the spine of a pig so they had the brain chip in the pig and they had on the spine and they were able to basically use electrodes to show you that there was muscle movement i got news for people they were using those same type of electrodes all the way back in the 60s and 70s via mk ultra and a doctor named delgado this is not new
2: tech well let's just say that uh there's there's if you're trying to get someone to do something there's 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 three ways you do it one is you give people a carrot you know burmas to do it you say hey if you do this if you put the shot in your body i'm going to give you a cheeseburger or a hamburger or i'm going to give you you know something and people certain people in new york go that's awesome yes so a little carrot second is a little stick like you know you'll lose your job if you don't take the shot or you can't travel on a cruise Or you can't play college football and people go bro if i can't play college football what am i gonna do bro are there other places in the world where people who have the physique of a tight end could utilize their skills and no i will take the shot so there's a lot of that there's a lot of that and then there's that third where it's compulsory where you can't buy or sell unless you put it under your skin which is why MIT developed the quantum dot, and why the name of the new central bank digital currency is called the Quant. I'm telling you what is going to happen. I'm not prophetic. It's just I've read this stuff, and I, that's why we're doing the Reawaken America tour. That's why we're doing it. That's why we do these events. We show up. We let people name their price. And Jason, people, you get it. I get it. Most people who don't get it don't get the people that don't get what you know and I know. They don't understand why we would let people name their price. They don't get it. So I'm, I'm talking to people. You know, rolling stone or, or mainstream media and they say we've been doing our research we've discovered that you lose money at these events why are you doing it i'm like because he won't have humanity if we don't stop the great reset so if i can lose money once a month to put on these events i'm gonna do it so people say why are you taking this event to trump Dural and miami in may why are we taking this to miami in may why am i going to a trump property let's talk about it. let's talk about it. eric trump is a very good friend of mine and he is open to having discussions about these things now everyone can draw their own conclusions and take dip their own different action but you cannot find almost any conservatives that are quote-unquote conservative that will even step on a stage near you period they won't do it so eric has said you know what i like you guys you're sharing the facts i mean you guys are providing life-changing information so that's why i'm taking this particular event to the trump uh uh, in miami and that's why i'm taking this event to trump vegas in uh in august i'm doing this because a lot of people that are are that voted for trump they're on the edge as i talked about earlier they're getting close to finding people like you because they're going you know if you have to wear a mask to sit down at a restaurant when you stand up you don't in the lobby the virus must only get into the lobby, and it must be a tall virus that only goes in the lobby. That makes no sense. Okay, so they're they're kind of working their way towards the edge. I feel like my job is to kind of inch people along to finding people like you. And I'm just going to say this in closing, folks: go to time2freeamerica.com. Go to time2freeamerica.com. Request those tickets for Nashville, Tennessee. I promise you, it will be a life changing event you will you will look back and say your life was different from the moment you came to the event to the time you left it will be a different thing from that point forward you will look at it as a line of demarcation you will say my life is forever different since i came to this event and i saw jason Burmes the red voice media team since i saw these folks that are out there uh sharing the truth unfiltered we don't have a big pharma sponsor by the way final note here almost every conservative event takes on sponsors that dramatically control the opposition. They, they, they tell you, well, hey, we would like to sponsor your event, but you just can't talk about what's in the shots because we're with Pfizer. So <laughs> today's event, we will expose the corruption of Pfizer. Today's event is sponsored by Pfizer. Today on Fox News, Sean Hannity will expose the corruption of the COVID-19 vaccines and medical misinformation. And today's show is sponsored by Pfizer, 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 and Moderna. So today to talk about the corruption of Moderna is uh, Sean Hannity, sponsored by Pfizer. Sean Hannity, go ahead and talk about anything you want,
3: Dan. and remember to say Pfizer is great. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they wear earpieces. I'm serious. Uh, That's how they do it, bro. I am teleprompter-free. I am big pharma-free. I think it's sure. very obvious that big pharma and the uh, government have Form This techno medical fascistic partnership. I think obviously, even though I'm very critical of Musk, uh, the Twitter files have done nothing but uh, solidify that perspective and prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. These are Trojan horse civilian systems. These half hours always fly by clay. There were other things I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the Israeli genetic database and how Netanyahu says that the next step is that he's going to have all of the biological data of all the Israelis. I wanted to go over the Emeka AI Christmas address. let me ask Thank you this. this. Mm-hmm. I would can I interview you next week. When we hop off. I'd like to have you on my show to go deeper on this. Can we do that? Yeah, well, absolutely do that. We I'm gonna hit the road. My girlfriend flies in on Wednesday, and then we're gonna be taking off early Thursday to hopefully. Maybe week we dinner. get back, we could do like a deep dive. I, I'd love to do I'd love to spend an hour with you, Clay, on anything you'd like to talk about. But to, to close it out, you know, because we, we did talk some mainline politics at the very end last time. Yeah, it does seem right now with this um, classified document story via Biden, that Mm. they are now trying to usher him out in a manner in which he's not gonna die and they don't have to admit that he's a poopy pants puppet, dementia ridden and not really running anything, right? Uh, I see that's what's happening. I think they're going to take him out Cuomo style in that there won't be any real political retribution. He'll probably have to resign Uh, via a Nixon-esque scandal that is very, very limited hangout. I saw you post, I thought it was an interesting post. Mm. Gerald Ford predict that the first woman president would come into fruition from being the vice president and the president dying, being a man. I see that less likely now, although very likely two years ago, and obviously the guy's not in great health, but it does look like they are getting set to remove Biden does harris become the new figurehead you know I,
2: I am really bad uh with opinions uh or or guesses but i can say it would appear right now as though the media is saying uh, look look there's classified documents in his garage that's not ethical ha! and then look look we found more classified documents that's not ethical ha! we must do something now Whereas four months ago, Joe Biden would get up there and say something that at no point made sense, and the media would go, <laughs> an incredible, an incredible speech was delivered by Joe Biden. I'm here live now at the event, and you can see behind me Joe Biden with a, with a back, black, black backdrop with kind of a Star Wars theme with the red look to it. It looks like it was something out of like a emperor scene of the Star Wars. He delivered a very encouraging message uh, with the emperor, uh, almost like a demonic background, but it was so encouraging. The people of America love the speech. Back to you, Bob. And now they're, or they'll cover Biden at no point making sense, walking in circles, forgetting to say things. So he, he has ended speeches by saying, he'll read the teleprompter and say, end of speech. And the media goes, Joe Biden did a great job clarifying the end of the speech by saying end of speech. What a great teleprompter reader, back to you, Bob. And now that same media is going, all right, wait a minute. This isn't, this isn't ethical. You're leaving stuff in the garage of your, you can't leave classified information in your garage. Nah. you so I, I i like the media by and large follows teleprompters who writes them i don't know who exactly writes them but i just know i know people who work for the media and almost all of them just read teleprompters they don't have the ability to think like right now i don't have any words on the screen you don't have any words i could say the wrong words or the right words we don't know this is it's human conversation it's wild
3: Yeah, uh, and and I would agree with you, and especially with all the real scandals that they haven't talked about, this new media talking point of these documents that were obviously there well before he was even the president. And it is problematic, but again, this DOJ had the laptop all the way back in the day before the second impeachment, folks. That should tell you our Mm. Department of Defense, our FBI, our CIA, our NSA are in fact captured, but you can fight back January 20th and 21st, I'll be speaking on the 21st over yep. at the Reawaken America Tour, Nashville, Tennessee. ThriveTimeshow.com or time TimeToFreeAmericaTalk.com. Get the last couple tickets while you can. What yep. do you want to leave us with, Clay? I'll just say, I mean, this, the energy. You've been to a lot of these events. The energy of this particular event will
2: be the 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 most energy we've had probably since Oregon. Uh, because the people are so excited they've you know we used to do them every couple of months and I felt like it was best to do one, them once a quarter so that I could stay married <laughs> you got five uh, kids well, bro you got, got five, five kids. kids I want to stay married I'd like to but I also want to reach people and so I felt like if we turned it into more of a festival and did them quarterly Uh, That would be a good idea. So I talked to Cash Patel and Eric Trump and General Flynn. We all sort of agreed that. So we'll be taking this one to Nashville and Miami in May. And then August, we'll be going to Las Vegas. And uh, so it's going to be a blasty blast. So those are those kind of the lineup that we have for the year. Uh, And and we always tell people in the event of the apocalypse or the rapture, you don't get your money back. So make sure you're on the right side with Jesus before that. So that way, because if you're here after the rapture, there's
3: no money back, you know going to vegas the belly of the beast the city of sin that is uh that is mighty good of you clay i like that you want to talk to as many people as possible clay clark thank you so much brother always appreciated and i will see you in about a week's time all right brother take care have a great day all right thank you so much and that will wrap up today's reality rants remember we are here every weekday monday through thursday 8 a.m to 10 a.m and i will actually be hosting the fourth hour of the alex jones show today and Mixed Martial Mindset later this evening. So make sure to check those out as well, and we'll see you on the flip side.